everyone. Um, sorry. <laughs> I got a new phone, and you know, whenever you get a new phone, you like you just can't help but play for play with it, like it's just like the best toy you'll ever get in your life. Well, I got a um, a Galaxy Seven S, and all I do is play with it. I mean, that didn't sound particularly great, but okay. Okay, um, tonight's questions are from Senna. That's right, I play with it. I play with all my stuff because it's my stuff. That's just how that how I roll. It's my stuff. Um, tonight's questions come from Senna, and there's a whole bunch of them, which is why I left it for, um, you know, my favorite song on this group. Green Earth is Stroken by Clarence Carter. That's right. The chat room is so distracting. Okay, anyway, Senna asked a whole bunch of questions. Um, I did a Q&A a couple of weeks ago, or whatever that was, and um, there were too many questions on here for me to answer during that time period, and I, I thought I would just dedicate a whole show to it, so we're going to get started. Okay, the first question is, have you ever... Okay, this is about publishing professionally. Um, have they ever made you change the name or gender of a character? If so, what was the motivation behind that, or did the publishing company give you a reason? I've never had a publisher or an editor ask me to change the gender of a character. I have had to have sometimes names changed to prevent confusion because... Um, especially in a series work where I had used the same first name twice and I didn't realize it because it was a secondary kind of background character in both stories, but they were different background characters and they had the same first name and I was asked to change. Obviously, you need to change that so there's no confusion with your reader. Um, uh, but never the gender. And that kind of question would uh, come up, I think, mostly um, before it's ever purchased. So, and if I had a publisher or an editor ask me to change the gender of one of my characters, I would say no to the contract. Because you can't just change he to she or she to he and leave it. You're going to have to alter the entire book to change someone's gender. That is a fundamental change in your character, and I would no. There's just no way I would um, I would do that. Um, so uh, that's never happened to me, and I hope it doesn't, because that would be terrible. Uh, were there changes changes they made you make that you, that you did but felt unhappy with? Of course, of course. Whenever you're in the editing process professionally, you know you. I don't want to say you don't have a choice, but you have to have a very good reason to say no to a change. And even then, the editor might not accept your reasoning. So, of course, there have been times when I've had to do something in the editing process that I did not agree with, um, that I did anyway. Uh, one of the most frustrating experiences I ever had was when I had I had gone through um, – my content edit with my editor, my buying editor at the company, and I had gone through a line edit with a different editor, and we were really happy with the with, with the book, and it was ready to go, and it goes to copy editing and typesetting. And the copy editor 
called me and told me that she did not approve of me using the word cunt, and I had to remove it. And I called my agent, because that's what my agent is for. I said, there is this lady at such and such company who tells me I can't use the word cunt. And unbeknownst to me, she had me on speakerphone. So her and all her partners had a big hee-haw at my saying that and this little voice you hear. I mean, you, you hear how I talk. And she said, could you say that one more time? I said, what, cunt? She goes, yeah, that's just the cutest thing I've ever heard. I said, but no, she called my house and told me I couldn't use it. And I was like... Nobody else had a problem with it. How does this copy editor get like last say? And she said she doesn't get last say. She's like, just don't worry about it. And about an hour and a half later, I got a phone call from my editor at that company who said, no, don't don't worry about it, and we won't let her do your book, and we won't let her touch any more of your books. <laughs> I was like, because come on, come on. Anyways, um. And that was like one of the most frustrating experiences I'd had at that time. So, uh, but I got my way. But and then also, I was. Uh, there have been times when I've been um, featured in in in, like I had an excerpt once in a magazine, and um, well, more than once. It's it's happened about five or six times in in various publications, and they edit your work. To make it, you know, consumable for people who don't like the word pussy. And so it's always really frustrating to see that when they're, when they edit out all the dirty. <laughs> and I have to, oh God, I can't even look at that. Reader's Digest was the worst. I have to say it. Reader's Digest was the absolute worst. I don't even know why they bothered to put my excerpt in there at all. But anyways, um, there's that. And um, let's see. What was the single most upsetting moment for you as a newly published author? The day I got pirated. I had, um, I don't know, I mean, obviously it had been happening way before um, I recognized it and was told and, and realized that this was happening. Um, I had three or four ebooks out and two print books. Um, and the print books were print and ebook, and all of my titles were available on Pirate Bay or whatever that pirate thing was. And I was devastated. I was absolutely devastated. I was like, I cannot believe. But of course, you know, you, you see all these other eyes up there, and um. And people who steal like that aren't going to buy your book anyway. I mean, if you encounter someone who's going to pirate a book, who, who'd rather pirate it than buy it, then they aren't one of your customers anyway. They're not going to be the type to go to a, a legitimate source to buy your book because they're terrible people. They're just absolutely terrible people. And so I accepted that, but it was it, it really... It really hurt my feelings the first time I got pirated. The last time I got pirated, double birded the screen and moved on. You know, it was just like I got a thicker skin over that. But the first time I got pirated, I cried. I, w I was really upset. And, it's not, and it wasn't about the money um, that I potentially lost. Like I said, I don't think people who pirate would buy anyway. Um, it was about the disrespect 
there is so much disrespect in the act of piracy. And it was it was really, really painful. But I was very young. Um, I was in my middle 20s on the first time I got published. A very, very lucky writer. Um, and I just, um, it was just really, really upsetting. Um, so, yeah, that was that. Have there been times when you need to remind yourself that while it's your art, it is also your job, and you need to find a way to harmonize those two so that you could handle the changes that had to occur? I think during my first editing process, I assimilated that. Um, I don't have a problem in editing, um, and I haven't in more than I mean, decades. I mean, I, I don't have problems that way. I don't. Um, I don't think I write in gold. I don't think um, that. My, I, I love my words, but um, when you contract, it's no longer just a book. It's a product, and you have to treat it like a product, and you have to meet that publisher's standard. And if you can't meet that publisher's standard, you have no business seeking publication. And I had a hard time, and I don't know if I had a really, really hard time. But the first time I got edits, I was really upset because I was young and I was naive and I really didn't understand how it was going to work. And my manuscript came, came back all bloody and I was really upset. But I forgive myself because I was 25. But I never acted out with the editor. I acted out to my husband and drank half a bottle of Crown Roll. Um, <laughs> not in one sitting, but like over that week. <laughs> so yes, I did my edits, my first edits, um, a little tipsy. That was the only way I could get through it. I just, I, I was, it was really upsetting. Um, but now, I mean, I just, okay, well, I'm fine. Accept, accept, accept. But you know, they track changes in, in Word. And, okay, I'll rewrite that. Can I put this here instead? And just, you know, I just move on because it is not a personal experience. Writing is very personal. Editing is not. And you have to create that divide between um, what is personal and what is not. Uh, and um, you have to keep yourself from developing bad habits, which is one reason why I don't accept concrete or constructive criticism from fandom um, because I don't want them to give me bad habits and other quirks that I already... Um, it can be a bad influence if you let a lot of people in your work. You you get influenced badly and um, you start to shape your work to make other people happy, and that's that's the road to, to really bad writing. So it's just one of my ways of keeping my craft my craft. Um, what was the most satisfying experience for you as an author? I have to say it was the day my author copies arrived for my first print book. I opened up the box and I was like, oh my gosh. I was so so excited. I took the box around to everybody. I, I had the box and I put it in my car and I took it everywhere and showed everybody. I showed my mama. I went to where my mama was working at the time and I showed my mama and I showed I showed my husband. I showed everybody. Everybody saw the box. It was like important that they be in the box. I don't know why. It was just super important. And um, then I got to my mom, got the first copy 
and she asked me to sign it, and I was like, oh, gosh, I get to sign a book, and I signed my first autographed copy of my first print book went to my mother, and um, it was just, it was super exciting. Now, these days, when I get a box of books, I just put it in the pile in the spare room. <laughs> sometimes I don't even open them because like, I sometimes they'll send you two or three boxes depending on your contract, right? Well, I'll open up one and have author copies and, and do contests and stuff, but then I'll have two more boxes. I'll just stick them in a pile in my guest room. I don't even open them. Isn't that terribly jaded? It, it, it's terrible. That's just terribly jaded. I should go in there and open them up just to, you know, just to do it. <clears throat> What was the one time you had to avoid exposing yourself to a fan in person for your pro work? I've never um, actually avoided that. Um, but let me tell you about my worst experience with this. My mama is super proud. She is super proud. And my third book came out. And we were in a Books a Million and it had been about two months, so my book was no longer being fronted. And what that means is when you have a new book out, the cover is presented cover out instead of spine out. And my book wasn't being fronted anymore. Well, my mother, every time she sees one of my books on the shelf, if it's not fronted, she fronts it. So the cover's showing, right? So they they had like four copies of the book left. And they were not fronted. And Mom was like, like, I just can't have this. And she rearranged everything and fronted my books. And um, this lady was standing by. And she says, oh, you know, do you know the author? And she says, yes, I do. And she promptly introduced me to this lady. And that lady um, bought my book. And I had to follow her up to the cash register so, so I could sign it. Um I really hope she she knew that she bought something really filthy. I I don't know for sure. I mean, she was kind of in that section, but not quite. At least she wasn't in the inspirational aisle. So I so I have hope that she didn't have a complete heart attack when she got home and read that book. Um, but that was uh yeah. Um yeah. does it to me all the time she she totally outs me all the time it, it is unreal it's one reason why i would never let her on my kira facebook or interact with you guys because she would out me i mean not on purpose or not maliciously it's just she's really super proud and she can't help herself she literally cannot help herself um it can be frustrating too um because i don't you know Anyways, yeah, when it comes to, um, well, the cover was really, you know, very clinchy romance, so it didn't look like it had anal sex and BDSM in it, but it did. She's wearing a nice dress, and there was some, you know, a romantic clinch, you know, very, very bodice ripper kind of pose, actually. I really enjoyed that cover, um... But I've never had a, a, a I've, you know, honestly, I think when I was younger, I would love to have had a Fabio cover, but I've never had one. Um, it's such a shame. It's such a shame to, to have missed out on that. Um, I'm, I'm not part of the Fabio club. Uh, yeah, there was a time when he actually was hot, yeah. I would love to have had, had one with him in a kilt. It, it would have been fantastic. I, I would have loved it. 
in all of its cheesy, amazing glory. I did have a Fabio calendar when I was younger. I'm not even kidding. I had a Fabio calendar. Um, anyway, <laughs> I have had to avoid exposing myself as Kara. I travel um, a lot with my mother on weekends, and sometimes we go to Atlanta or we go to Chattanooga or we go to, um, you know, just um, into Atlanta or, you know, we go to Birmingham, which is in Alabama. You know, we just go to a lot of different places. And um, I live in a smallish town outside of Atlanta, so um, I don't actually go into the, that part of the city, you know, the the I don't go into the big city often. <laughs> That's not really funny. It's a big city. The bigger, I don't go into, I hate traffic. I hate traffic. If, if I can't go somewhere in five minutes, I don't want to go. So you can imagine how well I do in city traffic. I don't. I don't do well at all. Um, but we were in a Panera or Starbucks maybe. Yeah, let Lady Holder can attest to that because I cuss a lot when I'm driving and sometimes I'll call her. And yeah. I have issues. Anyways, um, <laughs> we were in we were in Chattanooga. It might have been Memphis. I don't really remember. Um, but we were in um, probably a Starbucks because yeah, it's probably a Starbucks. And um, there was a um, a woman sitting, um, and she was reading. Uh, it was either what might have been or ties that bind. And on her tablet, and I, I I walked by her, and I saw my website, and I was like, I snuck around, and I walked by her again, <laughs> just to see what she was reading, and I'm pretty sure it was Ty Sipine, but yeah, it was really difficult not to talk to her about it, and I've also had an experience where I was on my own site, um, and ended up talking to um, somebody who was a reader, um, but that was my professional name. Um, and I didn't tell her who I was. I was on my professional website and I was getting ready to log into it to make some changes. And she saw that it was up on my computer and she said, Oh, I've read all her books. I love her books. What's your favorite one? So I told her and, um, she said, Oh, my favorite is such and such and such and such. And she went on and on and on about how much she loved this book. And I was like, at this point, I can't tell her who I am. Because she has been talking for 20 minutes about how much she loved this book. And I would look like an asshole if I told her. So I didn't tell her. <laughs> but it wasn't me avoiding being, you know, being outed as a professional writer. It was just I got too far into that conversation without telling her. And then it was too late because I would have looked like a complete asshole. Anyways, um, she had a lot of nice, awesome things to say about my book. So there, there is that. That was a really unique experience. Um, I think that uh, I put a lot of effort into um, not being recognized, um, both as my professional names. I have several pen names, not just one. Um, or um, as Kira, because, well, Kira especially, because it could be um, damaging to me professionally. Because, you know, I say and do a lot of things as Kira that if I did that professionally, um, I'd, pro I'd probably get fired. Uh, you know, it's just, you, you have to have a certain, um, I don't know, 
I mean, maybe it wouldn't be a big deal, but maybe it would be. And I'm not sure if it's worth the risk right now. There could come a time when my give a fuck gets completely broken. I'm like, fuck it. Here you guys. Here, here are all my pen names. All of them. Have fun. And you'll be like, how do you have so many pen names? You crazy bitch. And I'll be like, I don't know. I write a lot. I write eight to ten hours a day. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all really I can say about that. And I've been writing since I was 13. Um, so I do have uh, a lot of work. Um, I think my career, my lifetime word count is a little over 22 million words. Is that crazy? I'm pretty sure that's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's probably super crazy. <laughs> But when you think about it, I mean, anyway, yeah, it's about that. I mean, it's a, um, I would say it's between 20 and 22 million um, words as far as like, um, and that's just first draft. I wouldn't count additional drafts, but like just, you know, or completed works. I, I would just say completed works. Um, not all of them are published. Um, not all of them are publishable because you learn a lot. And sometimes you don't want anybody to see your learning process. How often have you written fanfic of your own work? I, originally, when I saw that question, I wanted to say, oh, never. But the thing is, that isn't necessarily true. Because what happens is, is um, you kind of, honestly, sometimes a sequel to a book actually kind of becomes almost like fan fiction to the original. <laughs> I've never published fanfic of my own work. Let's put it that way. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I think that um, I've never done an AU of my own work and and published it. Um, but you know, so you know, sometimes I wish I sometimes I publish something and I think, oh, I really wish I had done something different. Now, when it comes to fan fiction, yes, what might have been Atlantean Legacy are AUs of each other. Um, let's see. Um, in a lot of ways, um, the Sentinels of Atlantis and Ties That Bind kind of mirror each other. There's some mirroring there with pairings and um, dynamics. And what I said earlier about fan fiction, I said it a couple of weeks ago, months ago, I don't know, that I said that there's variations on a theme. And um, so, and I explore those themes a lot. So, um, um, what was the one time you wrote fanfic for an author you knew and why? Um, <laughs> actually, I kind of wrote fanfic of Lady Holder's fic, <laughs> and I totally published it. <laughs> My Sentinels of Atlantis was directly inspired by her unlikely and unwilling, and um, so yeah, I kind of wrote fanfic of, of of Lady Holder's um Sentinel story, kind of. I wrote an AU of her story. And yeah, it, it did go boom. Yeah. But so yeah, I, I, I totally did that. 
Or nearly all of them, Senna. I'm sorry. I'm on the last one. Um, okay, um, the last, um, question, how hard was it not to out yourself at first, and what did you find most frustrating about it? Um, actually, there are several people in fandom who know exactly who I am, because I wasn't very good at it, hiding, um, I learned from those mistakes, and um, but yeah, there are several people in fandom who um, who know who I am, um, and I trust that they would never reveal that without without, without my permission. So um, I have to go on faith on that. Um, it was very hard, obviously. Uh, what um, frustrating about it is I am someone who really enjoys sharing my words. I I really I I really do love to share my work and it's not about money. Um it's about just telling you my story. So not being able to share my professional works with my um with my minions <laughs> does kind of like mm, it's, it's, it's just, sometimes it's really sad. I'm like, oh God, I think you guys are really like this one, um, <coughs> and that can be really frustrating. It can be really frustrating, and um, but that's about oh God. I think that's about it on that front. Um, just that I would like to share all the works that I that I do that that you don't get to see, and I can't for you know various reasons, and um. It can be very frustrating, uh, and I don't really know um, what else to say about that. Really, I mean, it's just it's it's really frustrating to have this huge body of work that I can't talk about on my radio show or on my blog or you know or on my Facebook. World at least not on Kara's Facebook, and so that can be really frustrating. And um, but um, I deal with it. <laughs> There's nothing else you can do. Um, uh yeah it's it's that's the, I think that's probably the most super frustrating part of being in fandom is that divide I put between my professional name and my um and, and my fandom work and, and it comes down to a lot of reasons one being I think it could hurt me professionally and two um a lot of professional writers look down on fan fiction um and I would probably get treated differently by some writers I would be um, judged very harshly for my fandom um, life. Um, and I think it would be different if I'd started out in fandom, but I didn't. I kind of retreated into fandom um, in, instead of coming out of fandom. And I think writers who come out of fandom, like Astolot, she's published professionally, um, they come out of fandom and it's different. Um, E.L. James, you know, she came out of fandom. Um, so no one is going to, it wouldn't be a surprise. Uh, but I think, you know, since I was in the professional arena first, and then I kind of retreated into fandom for my own mental health, um, that a lot of writers um, that I know professionally would not understand it. And it would be... Um, I don't know, hurtful, I think. I think it would hurt my feelings. Um, 
to be judged harshly for something that I get so much um, joy out of. Um, something that I really uh, that I value and I put a lot of effort into um, my big community. And um, it would just be, you know, it would be really upsetting. Anyways, I think I've answered all the questions you had up here, Senna. Do you? And I, and I wish that you had been um, on the air the whole time so you could ask follow-up questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> does anybody in the chat room have any questions about what I've talked about? That would be great. I'd appreciate that. Hello. Lady Holder's on the air. Go ahead, everyone. I am, apparently. Um. <laughs> you jackass. Uh-huh. Original Tempest wants to know what did I talk about before you got here? Everything. I talked and about everything. Mm-hmm. Let me say the sweetest things about that man. <sighs> Buttercream. I do love buttercream. I I really do. I um I love watching it on YouTube. I I I love watching it being piped and spread and eaten. Yeah, you you have this disturbing thing with buttercream. You and do not besmirch my character or Jilly's. Buttercream is buttercream is sacred. Well, it's better than just about everything else that could potentially get put on there. Yeah. But no, you know, um, I think that uh, that just um, there is a lot of pressure in the professional um, environment that I don't encounter mm-hmm. in fandom. So it's um, it's it's very relaxing to to write for other fans because. Um, they're on board. I mean, they're they're just mm-hmm. literally on board with whatever you're doing, and um, it's not lard and sugar; it's butter and sugar. What is wrong? Mm-hmm. With Azure, no one uses lard anymore, and even if it's not the... lard, it's vegetable shortening. <laughs> not I, lard. I actually thought I thought that's what the center of a Twinkie was. Let's not discuss. Let's not discuss what's in the center of a Twinkie. <laughs> I just had a bad thought. Forget it. <laughs> Twinkies alone. That's petroleum byproduct. That's even worse. I don't want to know what's in the center of a Twinkie. I really don't. I have not oh been born for Hustler in two decades. Original Tempest. I'll have you know. <laughs> You said you made good money for them, too. I did, like 10 cents a word, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I could I could do it. When you got bills to pay and you're in college, you can do anything. <laughs> well, this is true, but, you know. <laughs> Jesus. Peeps would survive a nuclear winter. Don't even pan. It's just there's no way. Um, uh, 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 
Yep. And they'd probably still be squishy. Anywho, um, oh, I once had a friend <laughs> who opened up a um, a uh, box of 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 peeps and left it open for a year, and they were still soft when she went to go, um to touch them. That's disgusting. Now you know there's something wrong because she apparently likes stale peeps, but this particular pack of peeps never got stale. I oh, don't and know he to... found it relaxing to write for Hustler. There is no um, expectations when you write for Hustler. As, as long as you write filthy sex, they don't really care. I think Penthouse Forum was a little more um, structured, honestly. Um, but Hustler, as long as there was dick and pussy in it, they were they were perfectly okay. <laughs> And if you got angle oh. in the story and it was, like, natural, they were like, hell yeah. Here you go. Here's a bonus. <laughs> I did <laughs> once get a bonus. I did. I, I wrote a story, and um, it was for Hustler, and it was like, um, I got paid 10 cents a word. And then about, there was, in the contract, if it sold more than a certain number of copies, you would get a bonus. And so about six months after um, I had been paid for that story, I got, um, $100 in the mail, and it was a bonus check for the number of issues that had been sold. Huh. And I was like, yay! Um, they put I, word I, this is on so bad, you, but you be verbose. I mean, I think that um, most of the stories that I wrote were about a thousand words apiece. I think I did one where I was the central author, and I, I think I got like 3,000 words. Hmm. That That's probably the one where I got the bonus, too. Anyways, um, I'm a chilly. Uh, Jilly, they don't do any talking in Hustler. <laughs> Unless it's yeah. fuck me harder, Big Daddy. <laughs> it's just not happening. Jesus. That's not you know, what Hustler I, is for. Conversation is kind of not I the, think the last. I think the last time I wrote full scale, um, had sex other than the one two profix and one um one fan fiction which is a grand total of three out of I think all of the, the stuff I've written in the last ten years was about twenty years ago when I was writing no wait a second twenty years ago when I was writing um love story or uh, love notes to send to my fiance. As a remember me and let's go let's let's make plans to do this please. <laughs> I yeah. have never written my husband a dirty letter. I wrote mine plenty. I don't even know where the fuck they are. I think he threw them away after he started blushing for a couple minutes. Then I would get a phone call of what the hell are you planning? <laughs> you you obviously didn't read what I wrote. <laughs> Take your vitamins, dear. <laughs> No, I've never written um I've never written the man a dirty letter. Maybe I should fix that. He wouldn't even know what to do with himself. <laughs> it would be interesting. That's okay cuz I would give him instructions. <laughs> yes. This is what I would like. Please recreate. 
I do remember handing him a short story once that I was going to send off for publication, and I it had anal sex in it, and I said, this is not an instruction manual. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I walked away. Yeah, I'm not, I, I've already made a promise to mine that he, he's never going to have any of my stuff read to him. And I got a very solemn look back and, and him saying, thank you very much. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, what? <sighs> Whatever. Um, the, you writing um, AUs of other stories, I was, and I, I know I've said this before, and it always, it always does tickle me. When you comment that um, Sentinels of Atlantis is an AU off of, of the story I came up with, it always makes me smile because yours has gone so much further than mine did in the universe that you created. Yeah, but you also yeah. go to work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I stay home all day. I'm not kidding when I say I write eight to ten hours a day. I do write eight to ten hours a day. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and that makes a big difference. A lot of people say, oh, well, you're so prolific. Well, if you didn't have anything else to do but write and color and watch mm-hmm. investigation discovery about murderers, um, you'd, <laughs> you'd get a lot accomplished, too. Or write uh, while watching investigation discovery and, and, you know, try to figure out how that murder got into your uh, story. Oh, there's that dead body. I wonder where that happened. How that happened? Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, dude. it happens all the time. Um, but uh, who did I just kill? Oh, didn't need him anyway. Um, I yeah, no, I really uh-uh. enjoy coloring. It's it's very um, um, very relaxing. I I especially like those um, uh, Creative Haven books. I've got the cat. I've got the owls. I've got the mystical garden. I, I really enjoy those, especially because they're like one sided, so I can use markers. Um, and um, no, I didn't want to say HP ones. No, I mm. I have um, I'm I'm very particular about my coloring books. Very particular. Hmm. I I've wanted been, to know and... you then. Julie, tell me how it works. Yes. Do you like it? Oh. Um, I've been looking at those. Oh, she hasn't tried them yet. Okay. Um, isn't it awesome? that No, she got the owl coloring book I recommended. Um, the owl book is on um, Amazon. It's called Owls. If you put an mm-hmm. owls in adult coloring book, it should pop up for you. Um, it's very cool. I, I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I have the puppy one on pre-order, and I have the cat one, too, from that series. Um, it's very cool. Hmm. Yeah, it's an adult coloring book, not a porny coloring book. Although they do make porny coloring books, I'm just not sure that they would be owls. I hope they're not. No, owls. I didn't see I didn't see any when I went looking for adult coloring books of that type. And yes, that's what happens when Az and I start talking. And it's really late at bloody night. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's Creative Haven Owls Coloring Adult Book. Yeah, it's awesome. It's it's really awesome. I like it a lot. I have that one. I have the Creative Haven Cats. 
I pre-ordered the Creative Haven puppies or dogs, whatever it is, and I have the Creative Haven um, garden one. It's really lovely. And I like them because they're single-sided, so they're, so you can use, like I said, you can use pens and markers and um, colored pencil, whatever you want to use and do mixed medium. And you can take it out. It's got a, per- a perforated edge, so you could even do watercolor if you wanted to. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I really enjoy it. I have some colored pencils that are actually um, colored pencils slash watercolor. So I can color with the colored pencil and then I wet it and um, mm-hmm. make it kind of blend in and do, a, um, do you know, you know. Yeah, I saw those. I didn't, um, yeah, we, hmm. where's my mouth? Oh, I put it in my. Anyways, I really enjoy the the, the, the coloring, so I'm mm-hmm. not by any means um, disparaging it. I'm just saying that that's really, really all I have to do lately is color and write. And I type a little over uh, 150 words a minute, so mm-hmm. um, I can get a lot done. I got stuck in training all week, which, you know, made my week really a lovely thing. So I had a legal-sized tablet, and I couldn't break out the pen because it has a nice glowing part on it that makes it really obvious that there's electronics in this this here pen. Um, But I broke out the legal tablet and a regular pen, and I went to town, and um, in between actually paying attention to the trainer, I probably wrote about 2,000 words. Yeah, that was a good time. So, you know. And that was also in between the the original involuntary nap because it was really fucking boring. Oh, sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's 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 a, a deeply sad thing that that um we my whole class kind of did it a couple times. But yeah, whatever. We we. Ooh, that last link is nice. I'll have to remember that one. Oh, Jesus Christ on the crutch! Yeah, as part of a team building um, thing, they made me go to an improv stand-up where they had the people um, from this company there, and. I'd rather go to the dentist. <laughs> Oops. Yep. And I told the person who absolutely fucking brilliant idea that I'd rather be at the dentist. I got the most offended look. Don't you find this funny? No. Nope. No, my idea of funny has been and always shall be Mel Brooks. <laughs> and I really can't see Mel Brooks doing stand-up He's going to deflower her in the tower Jesus But Yeah mm-hmm. Just saying That's what I, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yes 
Like, you know what we're doing? We're we're treating this yeah. podcast just like we do when we talk. I'm sitting over here browsing, yeah, just typing. Oh, that, that's what we do. God, we got to stop that. We'll call each uh, other and not talk at all. Like, I'll be over here writing, and she'll be writing on what are you doing? Like, every 10 minutes, uh-huh. like, what are you doing? <laughs> the really interesting thing is is she's discovered Skype because it, she can – I don't think you, ha- you need to use your headset for that because it lets you just wander around a little bit in, in the office if needs be. Yeah, well, um, I have a headset on my computer, and mm-hmm. that's how I'm doing my podcast right now, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um, – so you know, I'll have I'll have my Skype going. She'll be you know skyping with me, and it's absolutely quiet. And then all of a sudden, there's this burst of, of keyboard sounds, like what I just did, because <laughs> my keyboard is really clicky, and and I type with the tips of my nails, not my the pads of my fingers. Um, and uh, you know, I, I get the what did you just do? Nothing. <laughs> did you do anything wrong? <laughs> Uh-uh. uh-uh. I do I do have a surprise for you guys in beta. Woo-hoo. So maybe I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna give it a day when it'll be posted, but I do have a surprise for you in beta. Um I think um some of you will be super thrilled. Um super thrilled. So I don't know how many people have actually seen the gift that, that Cinna uh, has where it's a little girl. She's in a car seat in the back seat of a car, <laughs> and she just does this complete flail, and she's just all oh, ah! Yeah, so, yes, she's super one. excited. Yeah, that one. Yes, that's the one. So yeah, um, <laughs> I'm. Um, I don't even know how many words it is. Hold on, I'll tell you. Right now, before I get my full beta back, that's um, the one. Um. Where is it? Oh, there it goes. Um, before my full beta comes back, it is 57,000 words. So I expect it to be somewhere between 57 and 6,000, 60,000 by the time um, it goes to the site. So, If it's 60,000 words, that's about 300 pages. Yeah, because it's currently. Um, it's currently 240 pages. And mm-hmm. I'm only um, 3K off 60 anyway. Mm-hmm. So that would add about. It'll probably end up being like 250 pages in Word or in a PDF. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ish. In that range. Yeah. So that's that's going to be a fun one to uh, to watch and and go through. So not saying anything, but it's definitely worth it. Is it an Easter surprise? I don't know. Am I allowed to give Easter surprises? <laughs> I mean, you know, being an atheist. Silva wants a hint. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna give you a hint. This is quoted at the top of the fic. This is the only hint you're getting. In the end we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. 
Martin Luther King Jr. That's your only hint. Anyways, um, is there anything else? <laughs> I don't know. You know, um, can talk some about rough trade because I don't know if you're going to want to do anything next week. I mean, we we might as well do it because we've got people on. I do want to thank everybody who's already done their project files. I super appreciate it because mm-hmm. there are 84 people participating in Rough Trade this this month, next month, and that makes it mm-hmm. our biggest Rough Trade to date. Yep. As far as yes, people yes, are yes. concerned. We had more projects last July, but fewer people because we, we, each, we mm-hmm. each had three projects in, in July. Um, but this is our... Biggest rough trade to date. Uh huh. It's um. I would love to say that I actually have my my uh, project file finished. I don't. Life's kind of gotten away this week, so <laughs> it's 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 pending. Um. She is a token Christian. And <laughs> She's my favorite token Christian. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. It's a spring yes, equinox. Spring. Stuff. Okay. Yes. That, that works. That works. Anyways, I do hope to have it up before rough trade, but I can make no guarantees. Um, and if it comes out about it during rough trade, which I doubt, no, um, it'll either yeah, go up no. before or after rough trade. There's no in between. So, um, oh. I did see something that will completely and utterly derail me from Rough Trade for at least a day. Oh, the, the Star Wars Blu-ray? Yes. Lady Holder has a fetish for behind-the-scenes stuff. You're talking about... <laughs> this is the woman who watched all the behind-the-scenes stuff for Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. All six and movies. And has chunks of it memorized. I'm sure there's probably like 30 hours of behind-the-scenes stuff for those movies, and she's watched it all. Try, I hate to tell you this. Try more like 60. It was about 10 hours to each movie. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you hear this? Do you hear this? And so she's super excited because there's going to be a Star Wars Blu-ray with extra sons of um, extra scenes and shit. Behind and the she's scenes? excited, yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's the drama and the, the the um sheer angst level of watching the actual movies. I can only do that every once in a while when I have the time to go break out the 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 uh Kleenex and and enjoy the 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 wallow in sorrow. Um but I watched the death scene on YouTube and was destroyed. I can never watch the Battle of the Five Armies. I'm I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> don't even. You're yeah. well. The Battle of Five Armies itself, up until that point, is actually somewhat funny. All right, in a disturbing sort of way because you know Dane is is this red-haired menace who's plowing his way through a whole shit ton of orcs, and then also manages to insult the holy fuck out of Thranduil, you know, before he does it anyhow. So, you know, good times. Um, and then... It's the, and, and then there's then. Um, and then poor Bilbo yeah. gets his heart torn out of his chest and ripped into pieces. He spends the rest of yeah, his he, life alone. 
do me a favor, don't watch the funeral scene then. Oh god, I already have. I watched it on fucking YouTube. Oh my god. Yeah. Could Mark you know, I don't think anybody ships Bilbo and Thorin harder than Martin Freeman. <laughs> You know the thing is, is I was I was watching the behind the scenes, and it's actually in the first one from from Hobbit: Unexpected Journey, where they've got Richard Armitage. He's doing his the reading of this thing in the first read through, and he actually bluntly asks, you know, Peter Jackson in the middle of this thing, um, is this pre coital or after or, or after pre or <laughs> pre or post? You know, and it's like. And everybody busts a gut, but you know it's like he—he he, he was he's serious, proven, but yeah. I don't think he isn't. You know, and it's like, yeah, it—it's it, great. Um, so yeah, I enjoy the hell out of how much you know there there's that interaction, um, and how they how they shade it. So last time I actually managed to to, to suffer my way through. Everything I went back to your evil author day stuff, and I opened up the the you know fix its that you got, and I settled in for a fix it. <laughs> I was actually working on the shield maiden of Erebor um day before yesterday, <laughs> and I got to um they're in the mountain, and um i've um I've introduced a bad guy, but no one knows he's the bad guy um and uh, Bella is trying to figure out if um, she's going to wait for Thorin to make a move or if she's just going to crawl in his lap and get some because she's tired of waiting. And so that's where I cut it off when I ended up going to the store. And so Bella's currently um, just contemplating how she's going to get laid. <laughs> is she going to wait for him to go through his, you know, glacial glacial <laughs> or is she just going to crawl in this man's bed? And she hasn't decided yet. Where is that gift? The Flaily gift. I need the gift. <laughs> wow. So, um, and I was thinking about the sex, and I'm thinking that um, I think she's going to lose control of her wings whenever <laughs> they're getting it. Oh, that lucky bastard. Yeah. Anyways, um, and then I opened up, and I opened up all my Hobbit fix, and I have one um, which I don't think I put on EAD this year. Um, that's um, called the Bartered Queen, and I, the Bartered Queen. Well, one of the reasons why I didn't share it is because I wasn't sure if I was comfortable where I started it, because I kind of want to jump ahead to where Thorn is actually the king. Um, but mm-hmm. I really enjoyed them meeting in the Blue Mountains, so it becomes this thing, and I think I figured out how I want to do it. Um. And someone asked me in an email a couple weeks ago if I was going to um, uh, ever write a male version and do Bilbo. And I'm thinking to myself, nope, I'm I'm really not. And I was someone, say, six years ago who was vehemently opposed to, I mean, you can go mm-hmm. on my, my journal and find I it. Remember. I had, um, that I oppose gender switching. I, I was super opposed. But the thing is, is my I argument think we was find that it were, in a couple of those. I'm sure we, we probably could. Like early ones. Yeah, I'm sure you probably could. Listen to her. Anyways, my argument was that there were plenty of women in canon, and you didn't need to change one. But there are no women in the Hobbit. Mm-mm. No, and it's it's the the 
there's a, a scene on the behind the scenes stuff where they show the uh the dwarves um family tree and they've got all 13 in their family tree and there's one woman on there these yeah and that's it there's and the only no reason other she's women listed is because her sons died heroically Yes, and also, frankly, because the picture they used for Dee's is, um, damn it, I can't remember her name, the the actress who played Galadriel. They they did her as a dwarf, Kate. and that they used her, Kate. yeah. Kate. Kate. Blanchett. Um, Blanchett. Blanchett. Yes. Kate Blanchett. Yes. Um, um, so when I, when, I read, when I recognized, now I read The Hobbit when I was very young, and I recognized mm-hmm. that um, there were no girls. And we see some Hobbit girls in Lord of the Rings. And we see mm-hmm. the female elves. Yeah, Rosie Cotton is about the only female um, uh, Hobbit I can remember other than Belladonna. And you see them oh, in the background. The and that's yeah. it. I mean, that's really it. And in The Hobbit, they only mention oh, one, and that's the one that steals from Bilbo. And that's it. Yeah. That, that That's really all you get, and it's really frustrating. So, no, I will probably never write a male Bilbo. I, it's going to be Bella. And I'm, I've changed her to Bella Rose instead of Belladonna after her mother, because do you have any idea how hard it is to keep track of two Belladonnas in a story? No, but it sounds about as interesting as trying to keep track of two vials of belladonna that you're you're trying not to, you know. It's really annoying. Poison. It's really annoying. So I changed her to Bella Rose just for my own sanity because it was driving me crazy. Talking about her mother mm-hmm. and her in the same sentence was ridiculous. Um, Sinna said if she had two vials of Belladonna, it would not be an accident. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tariel was... Yeah, again, was, in Lord of the Rings, we see, female, um, we see female hobbits mm-hmm. in Lord of the Rings, but we don't yes. see them in The Hobbit. It's just one big, are, like no, somebody said earlier, it's a sausage There bed. are some... Yeah, there are some, but they're they're very much background characters. Tariel is a non-canon character who's added... Because Peter Jackson realized it's a boys' fest, and you know, and and so did his two co-writers, and might as well stick a girl in there just to to grab some more attention. And is Gladriel in the book? Or I don't know. Because I don't remember. Uh, yeah, no, wait a second. Apparently, apparently she does go um, to to Dolgadur and does something, and then that's about the only time I think she's mentioned in the whole book. But, you know, even as many female characters as there are in Lord of the Rings, it's still a sausage fest, too. Mm-hmm. Be honest. Um, so, no, now, I'll honest- never write a, um, a male Bilbo because it really irritates me that there are no women really in The Hobbit. And I'm... Mm-hmm. It bothers me a lot. Um, which is why I have that one Trinity thick where the girls go back mm-hmm. in time and... Um, I know. I've got Terrell and Dee's, Bella... And they're going to kick ass. <laughs> and the thing is, is is they got no fucks to give. They gave their fucks, and, and they are now gone. They sacrificed their fucks to go back in time. <laughs> yes. And the, the the sheer lack of fucks is just, you know, it's it's fascinating watching this. 
But I really like the oh. idea that I did Trinity, and it's not on EAD either. It was something I posted on Facebook no. for a while, um, where mm-hmm. Terrell gives up her immortality to go back in time, and um, she takes two back with her, and it ends up being Dee's and Bella Rose, um, and mm-hmm. they go back in time to um, make sure that things don't happen the way they did the first time. You know, so. Basically to make sure the sausage fest doesn't completely spork itself. And so by the time Thorin meets Bella in this new version, he's a little bit softer because his sister's been working on him for a while. He's got you know some more kingly manners. And, um, you know, he thinks he's just the prettiest thing he's ever seen. <laughs> he wants well, some of that. Well, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> Looking at Richard Armitage without his beard, he's okay. You stick a beard on that man... I don't know what that was. What What is that? He should always wear a beard. Him and Daniel Radcliffe should always wear beards. Always. Always and forever. (laughs) Yes, keep the facial fur. Um, Adrian Turner isn't bad with with the facial fur either, Uh, which is Keely, the dark-haired younger dwarf. Yeah. A good chunk of the guys didn't do too bad in, in with the fur. So, but yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't know what else. Um. Oh, about my bartered queen. I, I, I do, do kind of want to, you know, like, like I said, I, I, it's really frustrating. Is it? Is what it is. It's frustrating. It's oh. like I have two ideas and I'm trying to put them together, and that's what exactly what I'm doing. I'm trying to smush two ideas into the same spot, and that's why it's not working. And I like idea one. Well, thank I you. I know I have no say in this thing, but I do like idea one. You have some I say. Idea two. <laughs> okay, you, I sit. Yeah, but I'm what? Sitting, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here with my pom poms, you know, and I'll do. I'll do the chair dance because. You know, I'm at least closer than than Chris is on that one. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, I enjoy it just because I'm enjoying watching the smart mouth that I know that, that Bella Rose has come start peeking around the edges. And when it finally blossoms, I, I'm going to enjoy the gobsmacked expressions that are going to be on various faces. I'm enjoying that. <laughs> I I think that my favorite um, of my Hobbit fix um, is a toss between um, the Shield Maiden of Erebor and um, Bees on Her Feet. Um, and Bees on Her Feet because um, Bella is uh, tempered and um, by heartbreak and sacrifice mm-hmm. and she's... Um, She's in mother mode, and she's, you know, <laughs> not taking any of anybody's shit, and um, she's really at peace with herself after everything mm-hmm. that happened. And then, you know, Thorne comes along, and you know, he has to beg for forgiveness for his stupid ass behavior. And um, I'm really enjoying that. Um, I hope his knees get wor- work out. <laughs> I know, right? For more than one reason. Um, <laughs> um, but I think that really, when, it, when it's all said and done, that my favorite uh, work in progress for The Hobbit would be The Shield Maiden of Erebor. 
He does eat like it's his job. That's right. But I would write a male character who doesn't. No matter what he's eating, he's eating it like it's his job. There is oh, no need for him to be able to do that. That's like one of my major things. You got to be able to take it down. I honestly, you know, the one that I that I enjoy the hell out of, I, I Barter Queen, you know, version one. I enjoy the hell out of that one just because I'm left, I'm liking the hints. Beads on her feet is fun because, you know, the the the, the field that her fucks were is has been salted, burned, and is completely and utterly barren. And you know, Thorin walks in knowing this. Um, but the one I'm, the one I'm really enjoying is Spiritborn. Really? Yeah, you know why? The time travel? No. No, it actually the the time travel is is fun in and of itself. But no, the 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 fun part for me is the conspiring conspiring between the two of them. All right, and how they're making it work. And also the fact that their field of fucks has has been completely barren, you know, made barren too. But it's their field of of no fucks, and they're going to um, make absolutely certain all of Middle Earth knows that they have no fucks to give. I like the magic in Spiritborn. I mm -hmm. um, there's there's not a lot of magic in 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 Tolkien. No, despite the fact that there's a big old wizard. Um, <laughs> there's several, there's there's more than one. Five wizards. There's, there's lots of wizards, but there's not a lot of magic. And so when I was yeah, thinking, there's, 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 there should be the some white, magic. Gandalf the gray, Radagast the brown, and then the two blue guys. I never learned their names of. And, and then the elves, five wizards. The elves seem to have some kind, of, some kind of magic, mm -hmm. but they, you know, the only time we really see it is, um, it's it's really rare. Like when Frodo gets hurt, you see it, and uh -huh. the elves are assholes. And um, but I just I wanted to put a little magic in it, and so Spiritborn um is the result of that. And I really like um their I like to put that us against the world theme uh -huh. in. It's it's my favorite thing to do in Stargate. So I'm looking forward to Rough Trade. For that reason, because I've got John and Rodney traveling back in time. Um, well, Rodney's going to give John a choice between murdering um, Rodney's wife um, and going back in time. <laughs> you can either kill my wife or activate this fucking device. One of the two. But something's I travel for a thousand Rodney. Mine, <laughs> and John was on board with doing is... both. <laughs> so, oh, hey, yeah. Uh, can I kill her and then let's go? <laughs> um, she fucking needs it. Okay, but um, anyways, yeah. um, I uh, I really enjoy that us against the world concept that um, uh, that I th and I've kind of put that into Spiritborn mm -hmm. where Bella and Thorin have this plan that nobody else is privy to, and um, even the fact that he's married is secret until they get mm -hmm. ready to reveal it, and um, yeah, that man's got a lot of hair. It's pretty, even though you know, even though the part of me that that has this very rudimentary knowledge of when you go into a fight, if you're not going to braid your hair back, at least tie it back. For fuck's <laughs> sake, guys, hair in your eyes means problems. 
You're right, Sorka. Sorka says that magic and Middle Earth seems to be very incidental and in, and in eight as opposed to conjured, and that's true. I I agree with that. But I, I kind of wanted to make it more overt, more well, you know. So I have them doing their thing and um, it being really shocking to everybody around them that they've never really seen people do this, and so it's unique. Their and of, interesting. Yeah, their type of magic is is pretty. But you know, the thing that you've got with the elves is you've got their quivers, if I remember correctly. That will take their arrows back, which explains the never-ending arrows that that um, well, uh, there, had. There's no other way to disc- There's no other way for that to make sense in canon, unless they've got fucking magic on their quivers or on their arrows, because elves never run out of fucking arrows. So that has um, to be until like Hobbit. Canon. I think he learned the skill after Hobbit because there's a scene where he reaches back and there's nothing there, so he must have learned it afterwards. <laughs> so that we went and they went on Lord of the Rings. He had the skill; he could get his arrows back. Oh gosh, did did we just actually plot Bunny Cena? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it's too late, sweetheart. You can't push away one of my inspired bunnies. Just, just, uh, just accept fate, sweetheart. Just, just accept it. Just yeah, write yeah, down. I, I would, on it. Okay, it'll be okay. I would say be, suck it up and deal, kid. But yeah, mm-hmm. Suck it up, sweetheart. Yeah, um, yeah my, mine came up. I actually, uh, hey, I can talk about one of my bunnies for for July because okay. I got I got you just for for you saying it was actually pretty cool. Go ahead. So, for some bizarre what, reason, you know, for I, July, for what? July, we um, we're gonna do our little bike dress challenge again. So it will be Sentinel Fusions. That's gonna be our annual challenge mm-hmm. from now on in July. Preface that. Okay. Yeah. I got my lady holder. And <laughs> so, as um, as uh, um, Azure is well aware. I have this tendency to to go wandering into um, uh, TV shows from the sixties and or not sixties from the seventies and eighties. And um, in this instance, what I went into was uh, Scarecrow and Mrs. King. And Scarecrow and Mrs. King, when um, when you look at it, you've got Lee Stetson as a sentinel who's never had a guide, and Amanda King as a latent guide who comes online because she meets her sentinel. And that went bring right before I fell asleep. I had to wake up enough to grab my fucking phone, email myself with the basic idea, put the phone down, and force myself to go to sleep because, by God and by golly, I could. I could not deal with it when I'm trying to sleep. I had to work the next morning. And then I wrote down a whole bunch of stuff because, you know, I had to remember. Sorry, Jilly, there is no such thing as a bunny free zone when, when the two of us get talking. There, There is no hope. So, yeah, I, I've... <laughs> She says that. She says I refuse to be corrupted. Like, she doesn't spend several hours a day with us in chat. You're, you're already corrupted. <laughs> yeah. And the, the the thing is, is, you know, 
I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about it and I'm working it out and trying to figure out, do I want to pull it forward? Do I want to leave it in the timeline it is? Who do I want to stick it in? How do I want to deal with the kids? You know. <laughs> I sure can't we love you. The night rider. See? See? <laughs> the the sentinel is the little black dress. It black is dress. literally the little black dress. I'm not sure if we'll see last year during the little black dress we did three stories. I think this mm-hmm. year we'll just do two. Um probably two forty K. Two twenty K. Two forty K? Jesus Christ Hadley woman. Two twenty K. Um Okay. Or you you could do one one forty. Um Okay. So, uh, just people how the, however how they want to do it. Um, I think I'm going to do 140, and it's going to be um, my... 140? Uh, okay, that's great. I'm going to be entertained like hell. 140K story. 1, 40K or 140? 40,000 words. I'm going to write one story at 40,000 words. <laughs> Oh, um, ha. I'm going to do my NCIS Hawaii 5 crossover. Woohoo! And I can't decide whether or not Tony's going to be the Sentinel or the guide. Oh, just for sheer, uh, you know, fantasticness, make McGarrett actually have to be emotionally open. I kind of do like the idea of Steve being the guide. Yeah, and that might Steve be why he's emotionally constipated. And that that he spends so much time pressing all of his emotions down um, that he never came online, that that, that he's latent. Mm-hmm. And um, Tony comes online, and Steve does too. Tony, if he was a guide, would roar online. Yeah. As far as I, yeah. Because... Well, that's like right it, yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I do believe, I think that Steve is suppressing or re- repressing his guide gifts. And mm-hmm. um, I think that what I'm going to do, my general idea is that I'm going to um, have um, Tony be injured during the events of Dead Air. Mm, that's going to be painful. And um, maybe even, I, I don't know, taken hostage or something, and he comes online during that situation. And um, the the center comes in to take care of him, and they realize what um, has happened, <laughs> that that Ziva and him left Tony alone in the field, that they left an alpha sentinel by himself in the field. Um, and um, then um, the search happens, and there are no results. And so Tony's trying to deal with it, but he refuses to work with uh, Gibbs. Kelly, she so, she taps she taps so loud. <laughs> <It's> Sorry. <laughs> How can I picture her nails being like super long? As what they probably aren't. Actually, she no, they're they're short. Um, they're, they're but anyway. Like, so Vance transfers Tony to um, Hawaii, and he meets Steve, and Steve comes online. 
So that's my general oh, thought. Okay. Or if Steve's the Sentinel, Steve comes online um, during an event during the first season, which I have to go back and watch the first season. Oh, mm-hmm. damn. Um, and um, Tony is his match in the system, and he goes to Hawaii. Either way, he's going to Hawaii. But I like the idea of, of Tony being the Sentinel, because I think more often people would make Steve the Sentinel. Um, I do think mm-hmm. it would be powerful if he came online as a guide during Dead Air. Um, but I'm really attached to him being a Sentinel, because that would make his inability to work with the rest of his team Makes mm-hmm. sense. He cannot trust them, and he can't trust Gibbs either anymore because he fostered the environment that created that situation, and so mm-hmm. he doesn't trust any of them anymore. And I think that um, as a guide, he might get some that he might be more willing to forgive Gibbs for it. But as a sentinel, it's black and white. Mm-hmm. There is no going back from this. So um, I think part. I think part for me with um, with NCIS is I tend to I tend to stop dealing with canon somewhere around Ari's death. All right, um, because anything after that, and I I can feel my blood pressure spike. I don't need that level of irritation at fictional characters. Um, I can see Tony as a sentinel. Um, if I put Tony as a sentinel, I can I can't really see Gibbs as a guide. All right, or if he is, he's dormant, and he's dormant because uh, Shannon was his sentinel, and she's dead. And that's part of the reason why everything on his team is shit. (laughs) I like PM's comment here. Ziva's entire existence was asking the audience to suspend disbelief with a crane. One of those big fuckers they stick on super um On top of the building. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is a super crate on top of a 40-foot building or a 40-story building. 40-story building. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, Actually, better know, yet, the one yeah, that they used... I am, I am pretty convinced that Tony's going to be my Sentinel, um, which will make mm-hmm. it really interesting. And um, um, I don't know what I'm going to do with Danny. Um what would be interesting I'm going to actually is, have to work really hard not to bash Danny because um, <laughs> I don't like him. Well, you can always have him being a sentinel, one that has to be, you know, taken down a peg or two. No, I mean, I don't want to bash him because I think that's, um, I, I, I don't want to do that. But I don't like the character, and I haven't since the whole adultery thing. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's why that thing I where that you, to begin with. Yes, but there's that thing of you and Canon just, you know, you don't pay much attention to each other on a good day, so just say fuck it and... and hand wave know, didn't happen, Hand right. wave. I think that, mm-hmm. um, I do think that Tony and Danny would clash. Oh. Because 
Yeah, Julie, Bertha you already got you this put, awesome timeline for the Hawaii Five O and the dead air mm-hmm. thing. I already have it written down in my notebook. Because <laughs> um, it lines up really, really well. I don't hate or... Why am I typing really distracted? <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, you know what it is? I, I want to know what she's typing. It, it drives me crazy. I just typed um, it. I know, but you were still typing it, and I wanted to know. That's why I stopped. Um, um, I don't know what Catherine. Um, I wouldn't bash Catherine. I don't like her character too much. Um, um, but um, I think that um, my ability to ignore canon will will come in handy when it comes to Catherine. Mhm. <laughs> that didn't happen. Hmm. Yeah, I hear you there. I think, um... Hmm. I have a great idea about how Tony and Steve meet. Because Tony will already be there because the events that did air take place before Hawaii 5 starts. So Tony Mm -hmm. can already be in Hawaii. And Steve drives that that car up onto that Navy ship. Mm. So, come on, dude, did you really drive a vehicle onto the fucking Navy? Did you really do this? Is this what you did? <laughs> you know, I you're actually, out of your damn I, mind. Oh my god, yes. The um, is it a navy ship or just a cargo ship? I can't remember. But either way, I they, think it might the navy fall has under. Ships. Either way, I think it's going to end up being a navy ship that that he tried to that he put. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be. It can be. Mm-hmm. It can totally be a navy ship, or just yep. under Tony. Um, or a merchant mariner. That'll work. Or it could be under Tony's jurisdiction either way because of um mm-hmm. I think I I think I know what my second one for uh little black dress may be. Oh yeah, what is um, it? Yeah, cuz I I decided I think I do want to use Tony as a, as a sentinel. I just don't want anybody over at NCIS as his guide. <clears throat> and I might as well play with something outside of what I normally do. And um, well, slightly outside because I've, I've introduced them in another story, but I figure there's going to be a guide search and there's going to be this guy who's been declared dead one, two, at least three times, but he's always come back and they're just, what the fuck? Daniel Jackson? He's in Colorado Springs. <laughs> and, you know, you, you've got, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could be interesting. Ooh. I agree, Sorka. Oh, <clears throat> Sorka says, I've written Dean as a sentinel, but I'm thinking of writing him as a guide. Empathy, Leighton, or otherwise, would suck with a father like John Winchester as an influence. Yeah. Word. Word. Totally. Yeah, because Sam is a is a sucking black hole of emo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and John Winchester's just you know massive pain 
in the ass or not. Um, yeah, I can I can totally understand why <laughs> she's saying a douche. A, the word you're looking for is douche. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> a self entitled douche. Yes, let's not let's not beat around the bush. Um, but no, I'm just thinking that you know, for a guide, sex has probably got to be one of the best cure alls, at least temporarily, which would explain the little bedhopper's ways. <laughs> BSG. Okay. Um, what would make it worse in some ways is if he knew. And never... Um, if he tried to tell John and got shot down. Oh. Oh. I mean, Hattie character I never even watched on TV. <laughs> the I've never watched the fucking show, and I know just enough about this show to realize that he would do something like that. The only other person I would like to do that I have on my mind to do as a um, as a Sentinel is Colby Granger from Numbers. I never got into Numbers. And I think the that most of the episodes I did catch anything of were um Are you opening up candy? No, actually I was switching headset my headset around. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um I was like, I want some candy. <laughs> it's in the kitchen. I'm avoiding it for the moment. Mm. Actually I think I've got a Snickers around here. Anywho, um no, the 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 one character I actually watched any part of um, numbers four was was uh, Ian. I like Ian's character. Um, mm-hmm. I can ship him with almost anybody. It's a serious. Mm-hmm. I can ship him with almost anybody. Um, I think that I I would probably ship Colby Charlie. Um, I've seen it. I've read some good stuff of it, but you know, not much. Um, but I think that I probably will do Colby as a um, as an Alpha Sentinel, and um, mm-hmm. uh, I think I want to put Charlie in danger and him just go boom. There's a there's another fandom that I like to read in, but I've never actually watched the movie, um, which says interesting things about my head. But um, the losers. <laughs> I've watched half the movie. Okay, you're more up on me. Um but the 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 combo on there is Cougar and Jensen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> that would uh <laughs> that would be an interesting combo. Why I didn't finish the movie. I think that I was watching it on Netflix and I got distracted and I just never went back to it. Um, Did you squirrel? I ship Steve and Tony. That's why I can never mm-hmm. watch Civil War. 
Oh, God, I'm avoiding that thing. I'd like to make Darcy Lewis a sentinel. <laughs> oh, God, that would be fabulous. And make Bruce her guide. And Bruce is going to be her guide. And every time someone upsets Darcy, he hulks out. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks at Hulk and is like, would you stop that? Yeah, damn right I'd taste the God, absolutely. (laughs) 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 You've um, also got, speaking of of Darcy and tasers, you've also got that one where she's um, Tony's kid. I do, I do have a, um, I'm not sure if anybody's seen that. It's an EAD. It's an EAD. Okay, good. I think so. Okay, yeah. Um, I have it where um, Darcy is basically a love child, and Peter Parker it was a sperm donation. So they call mm-hmm. each other that. He calls her the love child. She calls him the sperm donation. And mm-hmm. um, they're they're both his kids. And um, uh, oh, the snark is hard. General Ross oh, outs it's... them. Yeah. So yeah. I I, I think it's on EAD, and I forget what it's called. I don't remember either. Um, Unless it's not on EAD, I just caught teased all you guys. <laughs> I no, well, I'm the one who mentioned it. Well, just because you read it, son, doesn't mean it was on EAD. Because <laughs> you read a lot of stuff in the you know in the chat. Well. I don't have it titled, so that makes me think that it was not on EAD. It's on was it EAD. on Facebook, maybe? Is it? Uh, no, it's on LiveJournal. Well, I created it in 2014, so it couldn't be 2011. Okay, fine. Well, then that makes that easy. I don't think if it's not on EAD, I will put it on there. How about that? Um, so, um, last year. Maybe I shared it in the chat room originally. I have no idea. Um, Me either. Anyways, <laughs> what we get for doing this stuff. Yeah, like when we were in chat, maybe maybe I shared it there, like when we were in chat, in the old chat room that had that pasty board thing mm-hmm. that the new chat room does not have. <laughs> I kind of yeah. missed that part of the old chat room, but the old chat room mm-hmm. was really frustrating the fuck out of me. <sighs> Anyways, um... Oh, Ginny is a bad wheezy. I adored that one, too. (laughs) Ginny is a bad wheezy. (sighs) Yeah, I... I, Your Sentinel stuff tends to make me very happy because it's fun. I write that Colby thing down before I forget. Because I told you, I had... I had, um... I was telling her that I had no idea what I was going to write in July, so I couldn't, I couldn't remember reading my um, 
of my sentinels that I had picked out, and I can't find the notebook they were in. I could have swore I had a picture of them. I thought so, too, but I can't find it. I looked everywhere. Well... Hmm. Not in anything I have then. Yeah. Anyways, um, what other fandoms could we do Sentinels in? I mean, I've already done Stargate. I've done Harry Potter. Okay. Stargate, Harry I Potter, actually Stargate. Well, we've got two uh, Sentinels in, Sher- in Sherlock, but moving right along. Um, I have a Star Trek one, but it wouldn't fit in my Alpha. Mm-hmm. No, it wouldn't. So we're not gonna we're not gonna go with that one. Although that one is funny, and I'm waiting on that one too. Um, it could way in the got, future. Way in the future. Way in the future. Um, we've got. There it is. I don't criminal minds. Mm-hmm. Not the chronicles. Okay, so... That reminds got, me of my favorite Star Trek Stargate crossover called Where'd All the Physics Go? I mm-hmm. fucking love that one. It is so good. Okay, so... Uh, you've got... Well, you've got the Criminal Minds one. Or not... Uh, you can go further in Criminal Minds, I guess, or you can do um, CSIs, you can do NCIS um, New Orleans, NCIS um, uh, LA. There's um, Hawaii Five O Blind Spot. You did mention that. Oh yeah, you really did mention that because yeah, me and Center were all up in that. Yeah, because she's the Sentinel, if I remember right. Um, there was another recent show that <laughs> yeah, you were watching. Yeah, me and Senna were like, we were like hip, dip, um, hip, deep, hip deep in Blind Spot yeah. at one point. Mm-hmm. How he would be her guide and, oh, with a great yeah. idea. It was a very great idea. I loved it. Um I haven't watched last week, so don't spoil it for me. I don't watch Quantico because it does that flashback shit, and I hate that. I hate, I fucking hate okay. flashback shit. That's also why I don't watch How to, How to Get Away with Murder. It's so frustrating. There's all the Law and Orders if you ever want to use those. Oh, did you There's hear the this guy um, on LA Law that played Benny died? The actor who played Benny? Yeah. I saw that. Um, Very sad. There's there's the new Criminal Minds with Gary Sinise. I watched that. I watched the pilot. I'm I'm hoping it evens out and they give it more than a... Mm-hmm. Hell, there's House. I never um, watched House. I watched House once when I was um, I had the flu and I couldn't find the remote control. And I had it on um, TNT and it was like back to back house for like six hours. I was so glad when my husband came home. I was like, find the remote. Find the remote, please. 
I've been stuck here all day. But it wasn't as bad as when I got stuck watching um, Dancing with the Stars on Ion. Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Um, couple. Uh, you know, I honestly don't. I mean, I'm trying to think of all the various shows. You can stick the Sentinel in anything. It's just trying to figure out couples that actually would work. Um, hmm. You know, Lucifer, thinking about that. Okay, so if she's the Sentinel, what the hell kind of, literally, what the hell kind of Sentinel has the devil for a guide? I have no idea. the devil. (laughs) No idea, but it's... Right right up there in it. That's just just really scary. Really Mm -hmm. scary. Um, So, no. <laughs> it would be it would be really funny actually, yes. Um That would definitely be cracky. Um the the Magnificent Seven where it's the ATF AU. Have you heard have you seen anything on that when you know, as as just the fanfic? Because it's mm-hmm. actually not a, a, a real thing. No, um when when Magni- when Magnificent Seven came out, the original one with Yul Brenner, there was an updated one that happened with um, Michael Bean of of Aliens fame, and they they did an update. Fan fiction did an update off of that one where they took them instead of in the Old West, they're now ATF or ATF agents. That's pretty cool. Oh, it's fabulous. The Pretender. Um, um, one of the reasons why I oh. cast those two to play um, a sentinel and a guide in The Awakening um, is because I love The Pretender, but I couldn't figure out how I could put The Pretender and the center into a sentinel world. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. If Jared was a sentinel, he'd have been kidnapped. His kidnapping would not have gone unsolved. No. You don't kidnap a little kid sentinel and get away with it in my alpha verse. It just doesn't happen. So I knew I couldn't put those two actors in um Jared and um uh Miss Parker in mm-hmm. as themselves, so I cast them as somebody different in um in the awakening so I could have them cuz I, I really wanted them. Um, but I couldn't figure out how Jared could have spent all that time in the center without without a sentinel finding him. I want to see the movie um, for the man from Uncle. Yes, I enjoyed Barb and I really enjoyed it. We already figured out who is the sentinel and who is the guide as far as we're concerned, <laughs> but we'll let you make your own decision. <laughs> Definitely, definitely worth the money to go and see that. 
Oh, Fast and the Furious. I I don't even think I've I've seen the whole any of the movies through. I've seen bits and pieces of of probably a good chunk of them. But I'm, fan fiction. I've Thank seen you. um five of them. I think. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of the Maze Runner, did you guys hear that Dylan O'Brien was yes. hit by a car on the set with multiple mm-hmm. bone breaks? He's in um, the yeah. hospital. Yes. They're, they're saying he is going to recover and be okay. He's just probably... Really fucking sore and drugged to the guilt. So. Mm-hmm. I've never watched Teen Wolf. I'm not sure I could write in Teen Wolf um, as a result. I mean, I've read uh, quite a bit of Teen Wolf, but, um, but then I also said that, but I never watched The Sentinel before I wrote The Awakening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And, you know, I've I've actually written, I've written in Teen Wolf. I've got one, and it's actually remarkably for me, Jen, which is weird. Um, Leverage is another good one for for this. Elliot would make I don't I don't know I I for Elliot you kind of have to flip the coin. Who would be what, and who would be his partner? I would make Parker the Sentinel. <laughs> She's oh that's a disconnected. That's interesting. Okay, Rosalie and Isles. Yes, I I've heard good things about that show. I watch um, that show. Um, I would totally make Rosalie the Sentinel. Absolutely. Um, Major Crimes. Um, Burn Notice. I love Major Crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that poor stunt coordinator on that set got fired so hard today that his ancestors woke mm-hmm. up and said, "What the fuck happened?" <laughs> mm-hmm. You betcha. He got the lead taken out for months. That's going to cost so much money. Probably a year. Probably at least a year. Um, I do have Madam Secretary um, in my um, Criminal Minds where Henry is mm -hmm. the Sentinel and she is his guide. Elizabeth is um, the guide. and I don't know if I want to write a story about that or not. Um, I think that uh, it has a lot of potential to be um, oh, white collar. Yeah, because it's not just one break, it's multiple breaks. So, and since mm-hmm. he got hit by a car, I have to think at least one There's of his legs deep is broken. Pr- yeah, possibly. Possibly some, you know, more center line of gravity, too. Maybe a hip. Mean, I mean. Yeah, or pelvis. Yeah, so he could be down for the mm-hmm. count for at least a year. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. 
Okay, uh, Jillie writes, the number one Sentinel cross fandom on the pit is apparently Mag-7. That's really interesting because I would have thought it would be Stargate. No, because Magnificent Seven, you have um, seven different guys who there's at least three um, in there that I know of. And you can probably uh, swap out a, a couple more. But, yeah, there's there's some pretty good – oh, um, God, what was that other one? Um, it's not person of interest. What is that one? God damn it. Highlander. Oh, please tell me that's not happening. They're redoing Mag 7 again. <laughs> of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like they can come with an original idea. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris Pratt is going to be in it. And oh, Matt like Bormer. Pratt. And Denzel like Washington, this actually isn't that bad of a, of a lineup. I'm actually not upset. Uh, What's wait. the um, premise? Same thing it always is. I mean, what are they doing? Uh, are they going to the Old West? The old West gradu- yeah, it's, it's an Old West one. And... It was a t- was it a TV series? Oh, Edgar's gonna be in it. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio is like he's yeah, wearing an egg he, suit. He was um, he had a SVU or not? He had a Law and Order, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He was uh, criminal intent. But he will mm-hmm. forever be Edgar. <laughs> yes. Me. He will forever be Edgar. Mm-hmm. Like he's right. Yes, Edgar he suit. will. Yeah. Sugar what? <laughs> More. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't take a little bit. That wolf was fucking hilarious. She's really fucking funny. Really? Yes, I... The part that really gets me is great face. I don't either. But the thing that gets me is, is even now, as you know, so far, so many years passed when he grabs the back of his head and he pulls, and it just, it still looks fantastically horrific. Oh, yeah. (sighs) Okay, so Eric Close. This is how this is how horrible I am sometimes. Suits is another one that could potentially do it. Um, without a trace. That's a, that's the one I was thinking of. Well, I've got on my list um, possibles, uh, some related to my Alpha series and some not, as you will obviously, um, and I already have a Star Trek one, so I'll put that on there too. Um, the mm-hmm. Hobbit, Blind Spot, The Librarians, and Leverage. Okay, but the problem I have, and, and I'm sorry to, to tell you this, um, 
the librarian and leverage, librarians and leverage, uh, they have the same actor in them. Yeah, but I'm not saying not all these are alpha related. I couldn't put the librarians Ah. in my alpha series because I already have a magical thing going on with Harry Potter there. So I don't want to cross. I don't want to cross the streams on that front. But um, with the librarians, it would be be Eve. (laughs) Eve is the sentinel, and that cute little redhead is her guide. Sorry. (laughs) Well, yeah, I did. I think it's important not to mix your magical metaphors. Yes. When somebody asks if you're a god, you say yes, yes. <sighs> you know, I didn't ways, need it, that piece of advice. I would always say yes to that question. Are you a goddess? Yes. Yes. Thank you yes, for asking. You are. I appreciate you, that. You have your own cult. Sorry for the clicking. I have to make a note here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I like the idea of the librarians. I don't know what I would ever do with it, but I like the idea. I like Blind Spot, and I like the idea of leverage with Parker being the Sentinel. Just, just to fuck with people. Just pure fuck. Just pure fuckery. Is okay if Parker's her uh, the Sentinel. Who's her guide? I don't know. <laughs> Julie says, I want a mission to see how many fandoms I can Sentinel fuse Tony into. Let us help <laughs> you. Okay, so far you've done Avengers, and what else did you do? That was my favorite. Uh, um, you did Criminal Minds and Hawaii Five-0. Hawaii Five-0. Okay. And, and Stargate, because... Um, you have that one. It, it's not the the same little black dress one, but it is a. Oh, I'm all for for. Well, who's who's the Sentinel going to be, or who's going to be his partner in Atlantis? Ooh, ah, Ronan. <laughs> oh my God, that's a pretty that's a pretty um, bed. So numbers, you can do numbers, and um. Just not Charlie because for some reason don't, I can't see Charlie and Tony get along. Ah, fine. Okay, fine. I'm sorry. It's my brain. That's <laughs> it. Didn't go there. Oh, I'm I'm all for Ian. Then okay. again, I kind of um, I kind of I'm I kind kind of the, to responsible for that one. I claim responsibility. Let's see. Um, I like Colby. Yeah. Um. Don Flack, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. CSI New York, Don yeah. Flack. Absolutely. Well, for me, Warwick, for yes. me, Dan, Danny and, and Mac are, are a couple who, who bitches at each other a lot. Um, or Stella. Uh, <laughs> we're making people happy. Um I've got this idea, this weird percolating idea, um, and it's not my fault. Percolate, it's percolate. The fault. 
it's the fault of a of a, of a writer that I don't even know um, who wrote that story, that awesome story. Um, it was a Bucky and Steve, which I don't normally read, and Bucky um, was in the Matt Damon part of The Martian, and I think it's called Man on the Wall. Oh, and yes. he was stuck on Mars. Love it. Stuck on Mars. Love that. And Matt Damon's character, um, and he had to do that. And um, mm-hmm. he comes home, of course, and he has Steve, and they're on the ship, and it's really nice. Um, mm-hmm. But I was thinking, what if? What if being on Mars all that time turned him on, activated his sentinel? Yeah. I am the greatest botanist on Mars. Yes, yes, you were. But I was trying to I figure out so which character, like who I, put, who I would put in that role, and I thought that it might be John Shepard. Oh. Yeah. That's that would be interesting because Rodney would come unglued. I have to have a I have to play with it a little bit, but I like the concept of John being stranded on a planet and him mm-hmm. having to wait a very long time to get rescued. Um, so it wouldn't be like The Martian. I don't want to rewrite The Martian or even Man on the Wall, which was an excellent fic, mm-hmm. by the way. You can oh, find it, it on um, um, Slash World. It was wrecked on Slash World. It's fucking amazing mm-hmm. pick. Um just really good. Uh but I like the idea of John being stranded on a planet and him coming online and them figuring out that Rodney is his guide and they only have a uh, radio communication. Mhm. So it would have to take place um I could do it with Stargate, actually. I could do it um, before they got ships. It had, it had to be pre-ships, obviously, because they could just go get him wherever he is. Um, mm-hmm. Found it. Maybe John's oh. a test pilot for... Um, you know that episode where, where Tilk and O'Neill tested that um, glider. Uh, yeah. Maybe they fixed the problem, and John was a test pilot. Um, and his mission was for Mars, but once he gets there, the ship stops working, so he's stuck there until so they can figure out a way to get him. And he has what he needs. I mean, he was sent there as you know, and he has to make do. Mm-hmm. And um, he comes online as a sentinel, and the center already knows who um, who his guide is because of blood testing and stuff, and so they have to bring Rodney in. And Rodney already knew about the Stargate program, and um, he finds out his Sentinel is stuck on Mars because of a fuck you're gonna up. Hate, you're going to hate this, but Why? it was Casey Starr who um, who wrote it, man, the Man on the Wall, mm-hmm. and it's not on Ao3 anymore. Oh no! Yeah, I didn't save it either. Oh my gosh! Me either. I don't think. Yeah, this is what I get for going through and looking for this bloody thing because it didn't. I, I was looking to see if I could put the link up. 
It was so good. I can't believe I didn't save it. Oh, it was amazing. I'm, if you missed it, I'm so sorry. Because really, it was just really fucking good. Uh, We're down to 90 seconds. Yeah. Um, I have plans tomorrow with my mother, so I probably won't be online. Um, mm-hmm. Too much or in range of a radio podcast anyway. Um, I am definitely writing down my John on Mars idea, so I don't forget about that because that sounds mm-hmm. like lots of fun. I have to figure out how to do it. Oh, maybe they find a jumper and John is the test pilot for it. Okay. That gives him, that gives him shelter a little bit. Probably only has about, well, okay, we're not going to do this because call me. Yeah, well, we're, done, we're done in like 48 seconds. You guys have a great weekend. <laughs> and um, maybe we'll come back on Sunday and Lady Holder will help me plot yeah. this shit. Okay. What? You guys have a great, great evening. Bye-bye. Bye.